What, what, what up, boss ladies? You're listening to episode 17 of the Boss Lady Investor Podcast. You guys are in for a treat today. Today's guest is Leah Hatter, founder of Sash Pageant Consulting. So before we get into this podcast, let's talk about a few things. First of all, anyone that knows me can tell you that I was definitely, and still probably am, quite the tomboy. Growing up, my sister was in the flag corps and actively competed in beauty pageants. However, I was in the drumline, and even to this day, I still actively participate in male-dominated sports, such as wakeboarding and surfing and other sports and things that are associated with dudes. So I am not a girly girl. In fact, I didn't even start wearing makeup until I was almost 40. Now, as I'm getting older, I am starting to love things that are more girly, we'll say, and that's been a really fun thing to embrace. But again, I would still classify myself as a tomboy. So for me, beauty pageants aren't something that I did, but like I said, my sister did. And I did get to see the poise and self-confidence and public speaking and a, a tremendous amount of other awesome qualities that she learned through doing beauty pageants. So when I heard about Leah, I was really excited to have her on the show. First, I wanna learn more about the industry. I wanna hear, is it all toddlers and tiaras? Or is there a lot more involved, which there is. And I wanna learn how she got into that world and it made something that she's so passionate about into a career. You know, I preach all day that you've gotta follow your passion, follow your dreams, do a job that you love. And so pageantry is something that Leah loved and so it's awesome to me that she found a way to turn that passion into a career. So a little bit about Leah. So she's originally from Alabama, but she graduated college from Arkansas State um, with an MPA, and she worked in education and education administration for several years before she moved to Tennessee and started to pursue a life of coaching and pageant consulting. In 2018, she founded Sash Pageant Consulting, and it's going awesome. Leah herself is um, a competitor in pageants. She's competed in pageants in Alabama, Arkansas, and Tennessee, and has won numerous titles and side awards. In addition to competing, she's judged, hosted, and emceed pageants, as well as directed pageants. So before we get hearing Leah's amazing story, which I think you guys will really enjoy, just a quick reminder that you know what's coming. Uh, if you haven't bought my book, or if you know a boss lady, that needs to read my book, The Boss Lady Investor, You Don't Need a Dick to Understand Money, send her to Amazon to buy a copy of the book, or if she wants a signed copy, just DM me. I'm at The Boss Lady Investor on Instagram. This is a book for anyone that's looking to start off 2020 or any point in their life with their financial goals in line, understanding about saving, investing, and building a life of wealth and a life of their dreams. So hopefully you guys will go out and snag a copy and if not, I still love you. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. And with that, we're going to get started with Miss Leah Hatter. So Leah, welcome to the show. Hi, Krista. Thank you so much for having me on today. It's such an honor. Yeah, such a pleasure to have you on. As I shared with you, I'm super excited to talk to you. Uh, my sister has a big background in pageants. And so I want to hear it from an insider as to that world because <laughs> I always thought it was just a little sister of a pageant girl. So if you would just um, tell everyone about you, who you are, where you live, what you do, how you got into the world of pageantry, and yeah, start telling us your story. 
Sure, absolutely, Krista. And I'm uh, so excited to hear that you have a connection uh, to the pageant world. Um, it seems like pageants have really um, progressed uh, over the years. And so it seems like everybody who's anyone knows somebody in pageants, somebody who has competed in pageants, somebody related to the pageant industry. So that's really good to hear. Um, well, my name is Leah Hatter, and I am an, a proud Alabama native. Um, I was born and raised uh, for most of my life in the great state of Alabama. I moved to Arkansas in 2008 to pursue higher education at the Arkansas State University, go Red Wolves, um, graduated with a business management degree. And as soon as I graduated um, from college, I had this dream to pursue either working within the business industry, um, owning my own business, running a business, etc. And I actually had quite uh, the challenge of uh, finding employment, Krista, um, I went through a really rough time trying to break into um, the business industry. And so I became um, very, let's just say, um, very sad, uh, very discouraged. Um, and so I started working some odd jobs here and there um, in order to kind of, uh, you know, get my feet on the ground. And I really wanted to soar. And so I couldn't really understand why someone like me who did well in school um, who was on academic honor rolls and et cetera, was just not able uh, to get launched, to get started. And so um, eventually I took a job uh, working within the fast food industry. And I'm very grateful um, for that particular company. I really enjoyed working for them. And then lo and behold, um, I stumbled upon a chance to work at a church as a youth pastor. And so I thought, you know, this is interesting. Uh, you know, graduating with a business degree, I have the management skills, I have the networking capability. Um, you know, I really want to, um, you know, just really soar within business, but I didn't quite know how to do it. And so I worked as a youth pastor for a while. And um, that was so uplifting uh, to work with several teenagers and be able to mentor them. Um, but, you know, I still wanted to work within an industry related to what I had studied in school. Well, later on, I started, you know, filling out more applications, started putting uh, the word out there that, you know, I wanted to do something, just anything related um, to my business management degree. And so actually, <laughs> I took a job teaching. I was offered a full-time teaching position. So I taught, um, ironically, high school English literature, speech, and psychology. And I thought, okay, this is interesting. Um, so I've worked, you know, within the fast food industry, and then I ended up working as a youth pastor, um, still retained the youth pastor job while teaching high school English literature with my business management degree. Um, so Krista, I started out, <laughs> you know, kind of uh, a straight line. <laughs> yes, it, it was really weird, you know, and um, when I was younger, I thought, oh, you know, if you go to school and you graduate with a specific type of degree, then you're automatically going to become employed in whatever you study. And so I ended up becoming one of those people who, you know, I went to school studying um, one subject and then ended up working in a, a different career industry. So anyway, as I was teaching, as I was working as a youth pastor, um, I decided to go back to school and earn a master's degree in public administration, um, which some people may not be as familiar with an MPA. I know typically people work um, towards an MBA after earning some type of business degree. But with the MPA, it's um, studying how to work specifically with nonprofit organizations. And so I was able to graduate. I did very well in graduate school. I was still teaching 
um, and still trying to figure out, you know, how am I going to apply what I studied in school um, to working within education? So I, I was kind of lost for a little bit. Um, but eventually, after teaching high school English for a few years, um, I worked with, it's called an Arkansas Governor School Program. And so I taught um, some classes uh, within that specific summer school program. And if you're not as familiar, or if anyone listening is not as familiar with the Governor School Program, um, it is this very prestigious summer school. And they offer different courses um, throughout the months of June and July for gifted high school students. Well, I uh, was really excited to, you know, not only be able uh, to teach at the Arkansas Governor School, but they actually offered a chance um, for you to teach some type of seminar related to a subject that you really enjoyed. Um, and so not only was I, you know, teaching courses that I was required to teach, but I took it upon myself to establish the very first of its kind um, seminar related to um, how to get hired for a job. <laughs> because, um, you know, I had a really rough path um, right after I graduated from college. And I said, you know what, I can use my story to help inspire others. And this um, right now is a prime opportunity for me to be able to invest in um, our kids' futures. And so I was standing there in front of a PowerPoint explaining, you know, how to properly interview for a job, how to build your resume, um, the do's and don'ts of scheduling um, a job interview, how to research different companies of where you want to work and et cetera. And I thought, you know what, this is some, something that's really exciting, um, but I, I really feel like my audience connected. And so um, I thought, okay, you know, I, I'm able to work within some type of industry where I can help coach people or I could give advice. And a lot of my high school students that I have taught previously said, you know, we really enjoyed um, that seminar and I was able to learn so much. And it, it's actually been able to help me either find that internship or find that job or even help um, build my interview skills for a scholarship. And so um, Krista, after, you know, bouncing around or going from job to job, I thought, Oh my goodness. Somehow I've developed this gift to be able to coach and to mentor and to uplift and um, to sort of work kind of as a consultant. So how on earth and I'm, am I going to combine my formal education with this type of consulting um, gift that apparently I've discovered? And I've really um, thought about, you know, different creative ways in order to be able to help people. And not only throughout the years have I been able to help people um, land that scholarship or be able to confidently walk into that interview or even help people uh, pick up, become prepared um, to interview or to appear or whatever it is they want to do. But I was able to help coach and able to encourage. Um, well, backing up to you actually asked me, uh, you know, how did I get my start in the pageant industry? So I'll back up just a little bit and then I'll connect it. <laughs> to present day. So within the pageant industry, I um, actually began competing in the sixth grade. And I am one of the first um, to have participated in pageants and then continue to participate. Um, and so I decided to compete in my first pageant in the sixth grade. And I thought that I was going to go in there um, dressed and ready to go and automatically win the title. 
Um, well, with it being my first pageant, I didn't understand the do's and don'ts and the different techniques to competing and things like that. And so I did not place and I became very discouraged. Well, I decided to try again uh, the next few years. So I competed my seventh grade year, eighth grade year, ninth grade year um, at that same high school pageant and ended up the next few years placing as a top 10 finalist out of um, about uh, 29 to 32 girls. And so I thought, okay, something's cooking here because that first year I didn't win anything. And then now I'm starting to place as a finalist. And those uh, pageant competitions were your traditional pageant competitions where you put on a pretty dress and you had your hair and makeup and you walked across the stage, you smiled, and then you walked off stage. And then they added the interview um, component. And so I thought, okay, something's happening here. You know, how do I go from not placing to, you know, placing within the top finalist position? Um, For the next few years, I continued to compete, continued and continued. But Krista, ironically, I did not win a pageant until almost my sophomore year of college in undergraduate school. So you can imagine <laughs> competing from the sixth grade to almost a sophomore in college before you place, you know, so. There's so many people that if they don't place or don't make it the first time or the first few times, they just say, all right, well, this isn't for me. And off they go. And and congrats to you for staying persistent with it. So yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but carry on that. I just think that's really cool. <laughs> oh, no, sure. Interrupt me anytime. Um, so yes, and I, I do have a joke. I tell people, you know, I am the face of perseverance. You know, I had a dream. I wanted to win a pageant, any pageant, just a pageant, even if it was one title. Um, and so I just kept at it. And I said, you know what, um, I'm going to get discouraged sometimes. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I may be angry, but I have set a goal and I want to reach this goal and I'm not going to stop until, you know, I'm satisfied with what I've done. Um, so kept competing, kept competing. And then, like I said, started winning um, almost, it was almost my sophomore year of college, and then continued to compete and started winning titles and side awards, um, started appearing. Most of my pageant success was in Arkansas at the time. So um, started appearing on television, started traveling around the state. Um, and a lot of people associated my name with the pageant industry because they had, you know, pretty much seen my face everywhere. They had seen me volunteer at a charity event, et cetera. Um, so later down the road, um, I come to a point where in 2018, um, I had noticed that anytime a pageant was televised on um, some type of major station on TV, um, people would start texting me, you know, what do you think of this contestant? Um, How do you think that, you know, the results are going to turn out? Uh, People started texting me um, with questions about, okay, my daughter wants to start competing in pageants. Like, which systems do you recommend? Um, I actually had a former boss who I had not talked to for about three years because we had both, you know, moved on and I had moved Um, to a different organization. And she had texted me out of the blue and she took a picture of this pageant dress, you know, and she said, I want to enter my daughter in this beauty pageant. Um, Is this dress appropriate for it? You know, just out of the blue without talking to her. And so on and on, it seems like, or excuse me, it seems like I was just the go-to pageant person. It was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Let's call Leah. Oh, I don't know what to wear. Let's call Leah. I don't know how to do my hair. Let's call Leah. Um, I've had pageant directors contact me and ask me, you know, how would you put on this production? 
Um, what do you think the pageant of the theme should be? Uh, can you help review my paperwork? And so it just kind of seemed like, like I said, I was just the go-to pageant person. Well, the way that um, I came to the conclusion that I wanted to found Stash Pageant Consulting was uh, my mom actually mentioned, hey, Leah, you should start some type of like coaching business or maybe a consulting business. You know, why don't you take what you've learned in school and combine it with your lo- with your love of pageantry and somehow, you know, start coaching contestants and like build a business from it. And at first, I was a little hesitant because I was like, oh, you know, I, I don't know. You know, that's for other people um, that, you know, I, I just don't know how to put it together. I don't know where to start. Um, it's been a while since I've been able to use, you know, my business education. Um, I've kind of forgotten the steps of, you know, how to put this thing together. So I, I just don't know. And she said, well, I, I really think you have a gift um, related to coaching and mentoring and you have a lot of favor within the pageant industry right now. You've been able to network and connect with pageant queens all over the nation. Why don't you put this together? And so slowly but surely, um, I first of all, I built a, a business plan. Um, and also what was so funny about it, too, was um, I needed to, of course, build a website. I was truly starting from scratch. Chris, I didn't know how to build a website. Like nobody taught me how. Well, and um, and I know that in high schools now, you know, coding is required in some states um, within the high school curriculum. I know living in Tennessee, they require coding in different types of computer classes. And I mean, I had taken um, classes related to like, you know, how to build forms in Microsoft Office and um, Excel using PowerPoint and things like that. But nobody taught me how to build a business website. Nobody taught me how to put um, the social media websites together for your business, how to create like a business profile online and then view and study the statistics. Um, Nobody really, you know, taught me like the technological aspects of it. And so, you know, here I am. I have some um, marketing savvy, of course, but like I can barely work an iPhone, you know, much less like build this website from scratch. And so Krista, I just got on Google I started watching YouTube videos. <laughs> I started asking people questions left and right. You know, how do I build this website? You know, what features work best for you? Um, I also started reading different articles of like how to put a business profile on Instagram together, you know, and how to connect it to a Twitter and a Facebook page. And so slowly but surely, everything started coming together. Um, and so once I was able to found and establish my business, put together the website, put together the social media. Um, I started just building from it, um, started networking, started talking to queens, and started attending different pageant events um, in order to make sure that I stayed current. Because what a lot of people may not understand about the pageant industry is that the pageant industry can actually relate to other industries. Um, for instance, you know, if I work at a car lot, Krista, I need to make sure that I know what the latest car features are to be able to relate to my customers and be able to sell great cars. Um, If I work within the fashion industry, I need to know what the fashion trends are, you know, what, what's the next hot thing. So that way I'll be able, you know, to sell the best outfits and please my customers. Um, And so you have to stay current of whatever it is that's going on within your industry. And so started networking, started talking to different people and started building my business. Well, then I got to a point where, you know, I wanted to do something a little different. I wanted to add to it. 
And so I thought, you know what, why don't I start networking and interviewing queens? You know, why don't I um, sort of feature them, feature their accomplishments, et cetera, and, you know, kind of get the word out there about the different types of pageant systems and what people are able to do within the pageant industry. Um, so I started interviewing left and right. And now I have interviewed queens all across the nation from, I think it's about 26 to 27 states. Um, and so I was able to do that through Instagram lives, which has been, you know, a, a real treat. It's been amazing. And then I wanted to branch out even further. And so I started my own podcast entitled Sasha's Podcast. Um, and similar to that experience as well. Um, like I said, I, I've had to build this business from scratch. I've had to teach myself things. I've had to read different articles. Um, I've had um, to meet with different people to become mentored. I didn't know how to build a podcast either. And so the, the research began again. And so that's, you know, a whole chapter within itself. And so it, it's been interesting. It's been a really fun journey so far. Yeah. Say the name of your podcast again. So anyone listening that wants to learn about pageanting, they can reach out to you and listen to your podcast. Cause so say it one more time for everyone. Sure. It's a uh, stash S A S H says S A Y S. And of course the sash comes from sash pageant consulting, but it's entitled sash says, and it is available on several different um, media platforms. The, the three most popular would probably be anchor um, Spotify and Apple podcasts. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So mm-hmm. You are, you're at this point, you're taking pageanting as, am I, am I saying it right? Is it pageantry, pageanting? Am I, tell me if I'm saying the word right. Sure, uh, pageantry. Pageantry. Okay, I thought, I was like, that doesn't sound right, pageanting. Pageanting, <laughs> I love that word. I'm going to start saying it, pageanting. <laughs> you went into pageantry and yes. used your business background as well as your knowledge of the yes. industry, treated it like a business. And that's really important for listeners to hear is mm-hmm. you didn't just go in and say, oh, I'm just going to run around at different pageants. You learned about building a website. You learned about building a podcast. You learned about how yes. social media interacts with all of it. And you treated it like a true business and didn't just post pictures on Instagram about it. So I think that's a really cool point that you made is you really mm-hmm. went first into it and not having any internet background. I mean, and I hear you like you're, you're younger than me, but I mean, I took typewriting in high school. So when it came time to open a business, to start a website and everything that's involved with that, with the email marketing lists and when to mm-hmm. post social. It's so much, but it's what you have to do to run a successful business. So I'm excited to hear that. So continue on. So you you got your podcast going and you're building your business and keep going. Sorry. Sure. Uh, So anyway, I I was able to build like this podcast from scratch. um, And I had this great thought. I thought, you know, I really want to connect even further. I want to give even more people advice than what I'm doing now. You know, I want to be able to network, um, not only with Queens from the U S but Queens from all over the world. And so I decided to build um, the Sash Says podcast and, you know, similar to building my website, building the social media pages, et cetera. Um, like I said, I, I didn't know how to put a podcast together. I enjoyed podcasts. Um, I was familiar with, you know, Apple and Spotify, but like, I didn't know that you could go on anchor and, you know, completely, (laughs) uh, you know, put together the type of podcast that you want. Um, I didn't quite know how to record and then upload it. I didn't know how to, um, produce, you know, like your intro and conclusion clips. And Krista, I had no idea that podcasts were a lot of work. I mean, if you really want to put the effort into it, you know, I thought it was just something fun and cute, but, 
you know, I didn't fully understand like how much work and how much time can go into even just one episode. It's its own business. It's its own separate yes. business from everything else you're doing. Yeah. Yes. And then um, being able to, um, if, if you desire, you know, find sponsors or find company investors to invest within your podcast. Um, so I was able to call up um, a great buddy of mine uh, who I had met at a pageant. And the story uh, behind how we met is actually quite funny. Um, but his name is Dan. And I just sent him a text. I said, Dan, I'm trying to put this podcast together. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, could you help me build it? But then could you also produce, you know, with your experience within um the radio and broadcasting industry. And he said, sure. So we were able to get the clips together and, and et cetera. And he's been able to uh, help me promote it as well. But just the podcast itself has been, a, you know, an amazing journey so far. Um, some episodes are related to kind of self-help. You know, I talk a little bit about everything, not just uh, competing, not just being in pageants. Um, but the theme is, you know, connecting beauty queens, entrepreneurs, and, you know, having conversations with people who are, even just trying to make a difference in their community. So I wanted to um, spread the theme out just a little bit to apply to, you know, not just pageant coins, but entrepreneurs and, you know, people who are just striving to make a difference in their communities. Um, I had no idea that the podcast itself would be as successful as it has been. Um, it has now reached over 22 states. And I believe it's now hit as of this morning. Um, it's been listened to over five countries so far. So to me, that it's just, yeah, it's awesome. It's overwhelming. And I know other people are like, oh, well, you know, this episode had like 500 downloads and I've reached 13 countries, you know, but for me, like starting from where I was up until now, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to say that, you know, it has reached over five countries. It has reached, you know, an X number of states, et cetera. Um, so it, it's just been a crazy journey. Um, but I just have this message of if you have a dream, go for it and, you know, do whatever it takes to make it come true. Yeah. And it is, it's super exciting when you're an entrepreneur, even at whether you're at the beginning, the middle, way far along, all the steps are exciting. All the steps are yes. those moments of, you know, so like I've built my, my empire and I've had all these successes. But then when I, when I wrote my book, I wrote it and my husband said, you know, what's your plan with this? And I said, listen, I just need to put this all out there because I have all this knowledge about how to, how to get, how to make money basically. And yeah. And so many people ask me about it, just like they're asking you about pageants. And I was like, I've got to, I'm just going to, this is the best way I know to tell the world. And this was before podcasting um, the next step. And I said, but honestly, if I sell one copy and that's to my mother, I'll be happy. Like it just, yes. never, <laughs> you know, but then it does, it grows into I, I logged in one day and I was 70th on Amazon and I was like, I mean, it, and mm -hmm. I wasn't number one. I've never been number one on Amazon. That would be amazing. But I was 70th and there's millions of authors out there. So yes. yeah, I may not be Rachel Hollis, but I'm pretty excited with where it's gone so far. So I think it's great that you've hit so many countries and hit so many states. I mean, that's, that's awesome. And again, from starting with not knowing where you were even starting from, you know, so it, if a girl is interested in um, starting to compete in pageants and she's looking for someone to help her, what services do you offer? What do you provide for? And what can, what could she expect? And maybe he, I don't know if there's guy pageants or not. I'm assuming mostly girls are interested. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. There are actually um, guy pageants out there. And then there are also mommy daughter pageants. 
So, I mean, it has really expanded uh, throughout the years. So, yes, of course. So if someone approached me and said, okay, Leah, I want to start competing in pageants, you know, where do I start? Um, she can contact me um, through my either my email or social media accounts. And uh, some of the services that I provide are uh, wardrobe consultation. And so you can actually pick out your clothes. I'll actually um, help you put your outfits together to compete. Um, pageant interview preparation. So I actually work with you on enhancing your skills um, for becoming one of the best interviewees uh, for your pageant competition. Um, public speaking skills. I've worked with also uh, directors. So they may not be competing themselves, but they'll come to me and they'll ask, you know, can you help me get my paperwork organized and ready to go? Um, could you look over these different files? Um, do you have any recommendations for, like I said, how to um, put on this production um, or different ways to where, I, you know, I can stay organized in order to keep my files together um, or to even recruit. I also work with pageant contestants. Um, a lot of people may not know that pageant contestants nowadays, because of the advances in technology, um, a lot of people communicate um, through online media sources that they're actually required to have some type of social media page, a website, or maybe some type of blog site. Um, where they promote the pageant system that they're in, they promote their title, and then they also post pictures and sort of, you know, inform uh, local, state, and national communities about the different types of um, charity events that they're going to attend and things like that. And so um, I can assist with helping you organize your social media platforms or your helping build a website now that I know how to do it. <laughs> um, but then also, you know, work with you on how to either market your system or market what you have been able to do with that particular title. Um, nowadays, they also have what's called a pageant resume. And this has, this has been um, something interesting that's kind of surfaced uh, within the last 10 years where it's similar to a job resume. Um, but instead of listing your job history, it'll actually list like your pageant history um, your awards, and then your scholastic honors. And then it also explains um, just a little bit about what your particular platform is. And then you can also include a picture of yourself. So um, Krista, just a, a little bit of everything. I mean, if it's related to a pageant competition, um, I, I can assist. I've also helped um, contestants uh, sharpen their performance skills related to talent. Um, and then also just to give some encouragement and advice on not only how to compete and how to compete, to perform to the best of your ability, um, but then also, you know, how to market your particular pageant system. So, like I said, j just a little bit of everything related to, I'm, I call myself the go-to pageant person. Cool. And can you help girls, like, that don't have a talent? And not, I'm sure everyone has their own set of talents, but you know, <laughs> there's, there's pageant girls that they can sing and they can play the piano and, but, and they can twirl. There, there's certain things that some girls can do, but some girls don't have a stage talent, we'll say. You know, maybe their talent is something that's not something that you do on a stage. So how do you help someone overcome that barrier? Sure. Um, Krista, I love this question because I used to think that this phrase was cheesy, but everyone has a talent. Everyone has something that they're good at. And I know a lot of contestants um, or even potential contestants or, you know, I've met girls that will say, look, I don't have a traditional talent. Um, I can't sing, I can't dance, I can't play an instrument, um, you know, I can't do baton twirling or whatever. And so how on earth am I going to be able to compete in this pageant? Um, the talents um, 
throughout the years too, just within the last five years have actually expanded. Um, so my advice um, for someone who doesn't have like the traditional stereotypical talent is to find something that you enjoy doing and then somehow come up with a way to perform it on stage. So for instance, um, I watched, there was a young lady um, who competed in a program uh, who is on the archery team. And so she was like, look, you know, I can't sing and I can't dance and I can't do this and that, but I do know how, you know, to shoot a, a bow and arrow. So how am I going to put this together? And so Krista, it was so neat. It was one of the greatest talents I've ever seen. Um, she just set up something that she knew how to do. So she put up the target and she had her bow and arrow. And so she put the target on one side of the stage. She stood on the other side of the stage. And um, instead of shooting darts, she had um, blown up balloons, put the balloons on the target, and then shot the bow and arrow in the direction of the balloons to hit the balloons. Um, there was also another young lady who was a basketball player and she wanted to compete in a program. And she was thinking, you know, how am I, how on earth am I going to tie in me playing basketball <laughs> and turning it into a talent, which I can't play basketball. I have no, any type of skills. So, you know, I think playing basketball is a talent in it, you know, in yeah. itself, whether you're in a pageant or not. Um, I have a lot of respect for, you know, people who can play basketball because I, I just couldn't get it. So anyway, um, she set up a goal, a basketball goal on one side of the stage, and then she would dribble the ball, and then she would talk to the judges in the audience about um, tips on how to properly shoot a basketball, and she actually scored very well. Um, another um, idea that someone can do is I've known um, pageant girls who are really involved in drama. So in these particular pageant girls, um, they they don't really sing, they don't really dance, they don't you know, like I said, they don't play an instrument, but what they can do is um, provide some type of dramatic monologue. And I've seen more and more monologues, you know, versus playing the piano, um, you know, or dancing some type of ballet dance. And so I've seen a lot of contestants play or even win the competition um, performing some type of dramatic monologue. You know, they're reciting their favorite poem. Um, and so there, there are so many ways that you can get creative. And I think now judges are a little more accepting um, of talents that are a little more out of the box. Um, and another great idea too, uh, Camille, who just won uh, the Miss America uh, title just, you know, a few days ago, she performed a science experiment on stage. You know, that was some, it's something that she's studying. She's really comfortable with it. And so she was able to perform that experiment and the judges seemed to really really like her performance and so you can always think out of the box we'll find something so that's really cool those are awesome great ideas and it and it's neat to see you know 20 30 40 years ago basketball wouldn't have been a talent that you can do but it it is more nowadays no. yeah. and it's yeah that opens the entire pageant world to to more contestants because people that are intimidated and say i can't sing and dance well they do have their own set of talents so that's really cool so how do you feel like um, social media, and obviously it's influencing everything in our world, but when I look at um, 20 year old, 22, that age group of girls on Instagram, lots and lots of pictures, lots of pictures that I wouldn't think of as a traditional picture of someone being in a pageant and not that they necessarily are, but for a girl that is that age range, that's wanting to break into the pageant world. How is social media with that? It's, is it more acceptable to have all the bikini pics? And cause I don't know, I'm just undereducated about that. And 
I'm still learning. So how, how should they approach their social media accounts if they're interested in entering the pageant world? So sure. Um, social media can be one of those things where um, there are a bunch of positive aspects. There are a lot of negative aspects. Um, primarily as a pageant contestant, um, my most popular piece of advice that I do give contestants is you need to follow the rules of your particular pageant system. Um, you need to obey whatever your director tells you. So if your director um, is not comfortable with you posting certain types of photos, then you need to obey and respect the director's decision. Um, some pageant contestants, if they're competing in certain systems, uh, they are required to sign uh, certain documents related to releasing any type of media, whether it's an interview, whether it's a video of the contestant talking about something, um, whether it's um, pictures of a a contestant participating in a particular activity. So you you actually sign um, a specific type of media agreement where you will only post um, pictures related to certain events or certain things, or you will not post something related to whatever that topic is. Um, I think now it is more accepted to post certain types of pictures, like you mentioned in your swimsuit, for instance, as long as it's not provocative. Um, and with um, other contestants, you know, they may not be comfortable with, you know, posting themselves in certain outfits or doing certain things. So, two, you have to understand whether you are competing in a pageant or whether you've won the pageant or whether you are associated within that pageant system. Um, people will judge either the entire system based upon what you post. They will judge either that local program based upon what you post um, or they will judge the entire pageant industry based upon what like one contestant will post. And so um, bottom line, I mean, you just approach it as anyone else. I mean, whether you are participating in some type um, of music industry, whether you're an athlete, um, whether you are the leadership of a certain type of organization, you know, always post things that are positive, um, post things that are uplifting and also post pictures that are respectful because you never know who's watching. Right. And so um, you have to understand that it, you just have to be responsible. I mean, uh, overall, just be responsible whether you are a pageant contestant or whether you would never enter a pageant if somebody paid you. No, <laughs> you, you have to watch um, and use it for good. Use it for good and use it to um, inform uh, people of, good things or, you know, use it uh, to motivate. Uh, but, you know, don't tear yourself down. You have to work on a good personal brand. Right. Right. And so as you've built your brand and your business, what challenges mm -hmm. and struggles um, emotionally, financially, mentally, you know, what, what has happened along the way that you've had to overcome and um, what's happened along the way that's been just freaking awesome that you're like, yes. <laughs> Yay. So. so sure. Um, I faced, uh, several struggles. Uh, one was, you know, actually building a lot of the uh, technology related to my business. Um, another aspect or another struggle that I faced was, you know, putting the business plan together. It's like, okay, what is the overall point of this? What's the overall idea? Because I think that's what helps drive your business is finding that overall goal, that overall objective. Um, so it was definitely like narrowing it down to what is the point of Sash Pageant Consulting? What am I trying to do? What problem am I trying to fix? Um, I think another aspect would have been um, as far as a challenge would have been, you know, trying to network outside of my comfort zone because I did have a lot, um, 
some contacts within the state of Arkansas, but I needed to branch out. Um, you can't just stay in this little box. You have to learn how to network and how to properly communicate, you know, with um, people who are related to your industry from all over. And so I had moved from Arkansas to Tennessee whenever I founded SASH. Um, so I had to learn how to not only network locally, but at a state level and a national level as well. And so that was another challenge. Um, a social challenge or a social aspect was trying to figure out, you know, how to explain what I do and what my work is as a pageant consultant. Because whenever Chris, I would approach people um, and they would ask, you know, what what is this sash thing? And, you know, I would explain, you know, sash pageant consulting is this and my work is this, et cetera. Um, some people were kind of confused because they were like, why would a pageant contestant need a consultant? Like, why would someone who does something like that need to be coached? Like, I, I just don't get it. Um, so it was, you know, defining like my overall mission and purpose, but then also explaining how important my work is, you know, what type of value um, did my work give to the community? And so that was another challenge, you know, bridging that gap. Um, I think another challenge for me was not only proving that what I do is valuable, um, but also proving that I was capable of running a business, that I was capable of opening a business. Um, that just because I was a pageant contestant does not mean that, you know, I'm not intelligent or I'm an airhead because there are so many stereotypes related to pageant girls in the pageant industry. Um, some people, they believe everything that they see on TV or they see pageant girls in movies. And um, the stereotype that surrounds pageant girls a lot of times is that we're not capable, we're not intelligent, we don't have other interests outside of competition. And so we're just not able to do certain things. And that's not true. So I think that was another challenge was just overcoming the stereotype of um, you're a pageant girl and you're just an airhead who, excuse me, an, an airhead who just can't accomplish anything. You can't move forward in life. And so um, that was a challenge trying to break that stereotype. Um, I think financially it was um, just making sure, you know, that I did have the startup funds to run the business um, to make sure that I did establish uh, some type of marketing budget plan and et cetera. So, you know, teaching myself um, how to properly run that. And so I, just in a nutshell, I think those are some of the few challenges that I faced was, you know, A, trying to build it from scratch, B, trying to figure out my overall purpose, C, trying to break that stereotype of, you know, I'm, I'm not just because this is something that I enjoy doing and I'm related to the pageant industry does not make, you know, me incapable. And then when um, another challenge would have been, yes, making sure they had the organized finances in order uh, to push that startup and to launch it forward. Right. And I think I, that's another good point is there is a association of pageant girls are so focused on pageants and, uh, and air heady. And when you get to know some of these women and what they've done and what they've accomplished, it's so far from the truth. And their community involvement, like community involvement in any pageant I've ever known of is a significant part of what you have to do. And that's going out to schools and helping. And so what can potential pageant girls or current pageant girls look at? What do they need to know about their community involvement? And even answering the interview questions. I mean, there's some interview questions that Oh gosh. Yeah. That, yeah, well, <laughs> and people will walk and say, oh, her answer was terrible. Well, you put me on stage in front of however many people and ask me a question about something that I may or may not know about, which doesn't mean I'm stupid. It just means I may or may not know that particular topic. And, and then you have 60 seconds to come up with the best answer possible. That That's a yes. 
tough situation to be in. So I think people cut some slack on the interview questions. But yeah, so what can pageant girls expect as far as yeah community service and interviews and the things that they're going to be coming up against as they compete? So um, some of the expectations um, that they do need to not necessarily be intimidated by, but look forward to is, um, of course, making sure that you have enough hours within your community service. And a lot of pageant girls have what's called a platform. And some people may not be as familiar with what a platform is, but the platform is a certain project that they contribute um, time to, or they may contribute money to that particular cause, um, and or they may pick um, some type of charitable organization that they love to promote. And so um, some pageant girls, they love to promote um, breast cancer awareness. And so they will create um, different types of either charitable events, or they'll become involved in different projects that help promote um, breast cancer awareness organizations and that particular cause. Um, My platform is related to um, health, fitness, and positive self-esteem. So it is spreading positive messages um, about having a positive self-image, but then also encouraging young ladies to be the best version of themselves and then to also take care of their bodies. Um, to properly diet, to get enough sleep at night, um, to make sure that they're working out. Um, And it's not necessarily to promote um, just being skinny, um, but, you know, taking um, the charge on your health, you know, making sure that you're living your best life, as some people say, um, to be able to do, you know, what they want to do, because health um, can really influence um, different decisions that you make and et cetera. Um, and so I would definitely say to make sure that you uh, create uh, your platform um, and pick a cause that you're really passionate about because you will be expected um, to put in a lot of uh, work hours related to that different project. I think another um, expectation that pageant girls should have um, is to expect to be in the spotlight, to expect people um, to look at you and to look up to you as a role model. Um, a lot of pageant girls will say that their crowns and sashes, that the crown is a microphone and it's one of the best resources, resources that they have, because um, I've actually had this experience myself. I could walk into a room as Leah Hatter, but if I walk into a room as um, Miss Petite Tennessee with a crown and sash, it seems like the audience is more geared toward what I had to say. And so you gain a sort of um, a higher sense of, respect. It's like, oh, wow, you know, she's been able to go and compete and earn this title. And, you know, she's been able to travel and network with so many people. And, um, you know, the judges must have looked at her as, you know, someone of value, someone of purpose. And so that's why they crown her. And so, you know, use your crown as ash, uh, use that crown as a microphone um, to do good and to spread whatever positive message you want to spread. And I think too, with pageant girls, um, you need to expect criticism. Um, Just expect it, know that it's out there and know that it's coming. Um, But you also need to know how to, you know, overcome that challenge of, you know, trying to to correct everyone, you know, trying, you need to pick your battles. Um, And so sometimes people have said ugly things to me or ugly things about me um, related to my involvement in pageantry. But I just told them, you know, thank you so much for your opinion. And then I need to keep moving forward. So expect criticism, but you're going to gather criticism in whatever industry uh, that you want to be involved with. So 
um, definitely with pageant girls, of course, create a great platform and, you know, put your best foot forward in it. Um, be used to being in the spotlight and everyone looking at you, um, but then also, ex- you know, expect to be criticized, but then use that criticism um, to grow stronger as a person. Well, and you're right. In any industry, if you become, if you ever want to become successful in any industry, you're going to have people say negative things about you. You're going to have, again, I, so I put a book out there. Well, not everyone's going to love my book. There's going to be people that uh-huh. hate what I have to say or, you know, don't like something in there. And that's the chance you take if you put yourself out there and you have to be ready for that. And I have a, a policy that I only read positivity online. So if it's negative, I just breeze right on by it. I don't want to hear about it. Don't tell me about it. If someone texts me something, please just don't. I don't want to know. Like I, I choose to not wallow in that and not worry about that and just go with mm-hmm. the tribe of people that like what I'm doing and like what I'm saying. And it's true for pageant girls too. If they're out there and they're doing positive things and wonderful things to the world, the people saying negative stuff are usually probably a little jealous that you're out there doing what you're doing. And so you can't, you know, if someone says online, they didn't like your dress or your hair didn't look the way that whatever, who cares? They weren't there. They're not the one doing it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you just have to keep on keeping on and, and not worry about it. So if a, if a young lady wanted to start getting into pageanting, pageanting, go back to that word again. <laughs> you can do, you can say pageanting if she if she wants to start pageanting. Yeah. Hashtag pageanting is going to go on this podcast. So, um, what there's the, there's a ton of organizations out there, and a lot of people I think only know about Miss USA and Miss America. Uh-huh. But you can do yes. if like looking on your Instagram and stuff. There's I think I saw and I could say this wrong, but Miss Agricultural or there's different. Isn't there something basically for most types of things you might be interested out there. So what, what different options are there for girls that want to get into it? Oh gosh, Kristen, like there are hundreds, uh, probably thousands of pageant systems out there now. And it seems like there's a pageant, you know, out there for everyone. Um, And so my main piece of advice that I usually uh, tell contestants is um, figure out what your overall goal is. Like, what do you want to accomplish? And then match whatever that goal is to the pageant system um, that best, fits what you want to do or maybe best fits your personality because um you mentioned two great pageant systems miss usa and miss america um miss america has certain qualities that some contestants don't want to contribute to or they may not feel like their personalities necessarily match the characteristics of miss america and same as miss usa um there are certain different aspects of the competition that some contestants may not uh, feel as comfortable with competing and Miss USA. Um, so definitely figure out your overall goal of what you want to do as a potential title holder. And then of course, uh, find a system that matches like your, your overall um, aspect for what you want to do as a queen. And so basically what you can do is like I said, there are so many systems out there Um one of the best ways to figure out a great system for you, of course, is to just get on an internet search engine and you can literally just Google pageants and a ton of pageants will pop up. Um, I typically relied um, throughout the years growing up on word of mouth. And so I would ask for different recommendations um, of different uh, systems to get involved with. And then I would also check out the system's website. I would talk to um, title holders within that system or former former title holders about their experience within the system. And then I would also try to meet the director as well, or at least get to know the director and then figure out, okay, 
is this the right system for me or do I need to compete in something else? Um, what some potential contestants might not know is that um, some beauty pageants, yes, or yes, are based on uh, facial beauty and physical appearance. Um, other systems are primarily focused on your platform. So, uh, you know, the judges are more interested in your community service work and your overall platform and what you're trying to do throughout your com- your state, local, and national communities. Um, other systems are really um, interested in what you would like to do uh, related to future goals and careers and scholastic ambitions. And then um, other pageants are simply based upon um, photos. And so there are a lot of online photogenic competitions out there uh, where you will send in a picture or different pictures related to a certain theme, and then they will pick a winner and they will either deliver your crown and sash to your door um, or they'll mail it to you. And so you've just got to figure out, you know, what I want to do as a title holder, what type of community service do I want to be involved with, and then, you know, just match the different characteristics about yourself to that particular system. And also, don't be afraid to try to kind of explore. Um, one of the best ways to figure out if a pageant is for you is to compete in it. And if you have a great experience, that's fine. If you have a, ne- a negative experience, um, you don't have to go back to that particular program. So just just explore, network, um, figure out what you want to do. Yeah. And I shared with you that my sister had competed in pageants. And yeah, yeah I, I went around and we would always go to her pageants. And I remember some of them were scholarship pageants where if you won, you got scholarship money. And some were, you know, Gwinnett County, which was a county we were in. It was at the fairground. So it was just Miss Gwinnett County. And maybe, I think maybe it fed onto one of the state systems. And But there was some for everyone. And sometimes there was bathing suit competition. And sometimes there was talent. But that wasn't a necessary component of all of them. Like uh, most of them didn't have swimsuit. And some of them yeah. didn't have talent. So you could pick and choose where you shined brighter. And one thing I always admired was so my sister did pageants you know starting in middle school up through college and to this day her public speaking ability is Mm -hmm. phenomenal what it taught her as far as on stage presence she can present in front of anyone she can public speak in front of anyone and i and that's one of the biggest skills that i think you need to be successful in life and i think it's overlooked that these girls go through basically life training on that starting whenever they start doing pageantry. So it's a really cool aspect of it. So, all right. So what other things should girls expect when getting into the world of um, pageantry? Is there, do they have the caddy fights behind the scenes like we see in the movies? (laughs) So how do they win Miss Congeniality, right? Um, So, you know, it exists because it exists anytime there's more than one woman in the room, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely, Krista. And that's another popular question, too, is, you know, do they really fight like what we see on toddlers and tiaras? You know, is there a real thing such as a pageant mom, like the crazy pageant mom? Um, Someone asked me one time, you know, have you had any bad experience within the pageant world? And of course, you know, the answer is yes. Um, I think no matter what you're involved in, if people are around or if people are involved, there is always potential for drama. Um, And so for the most part, um, a lot of pageant contestants, uh, we respect each other. We take it seriously. Uh, we treat it like a sport. Um, it is our sport of choice. And so with a lot of contestants that I've observed throughout the years or even like within, you know, competing against me, um, 
we because we've spent um, a significant amount of money on our wardrobe because we've been coached because we've spent time so much time in preparation for the actual competition we don't necessarily fight with each other or talk you know negatively about each other because we're so focused on the competition for that day some competitions will actually begin you know on Friday and then they don't crown the girl until Sunday and so some competitions are actually throughout you know, a spread of multiple days, not just that one day. Um, so for the most part, I haven't had, you know, as much drama. And I've met a lot of other contestants who haven't had as much drama because we're just so focused on the, the competition itself, our performance, um, you know, thinking of different ways in order to prove to the judges that we're the ones to be crowned. Um, but yeah, sure, there's, there's always going to be drama. If people are involved, there will always be drama. Um, fortunately, I've never experienced any type of drama related to like, you know, nobody cut up my dress. I was not physically hurt, you know, for a pageant competition. But um, I mean, the general answer is yes, there, there's always drama. Um, but I don't necessarily, you know, want to spread the message that there will always be drama at a pageant competition. A lot of that is for TV and it's to soup it up, it's to get viewers. Um, we're not all crazy. No, and I think, you know, <laughs> I think you're right to, to, to say it the way you said it, like you think this is your sport of choice. And just like someone that goes out and plays tennis competitively, do they want to be the person they're playing in tennis? Yes. Do they want to beat them up? No. <laughs> they just want to beat them in tennis. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yes. I think it's the same thing. And, and again, watching as a child, there were some girls that might have been more um, introverted. So they just weren't as talkative or as gregarious. But that didn't mean they were mean. Just everyone does their does their own way. And there wasn't a lot of, I think it's a big misconception from TV and the movies. And so any mom, yeah, like any moms listening, what I saw from a child's eyes was women that were supporting each other, women that were lifting each other up. When, when the girl gets crowned, the very first thing that happens is every other girl on that stage walks up and hugs her. And that's pretty powerful. You know, that, what I would really want to do inside is start jumping up and down and screaming and crying and be like, why wasn't it me? You know, that's what, <laughs> but that's not what you do. And you learn poise and you learn how to yes. manage yourself and, and be positive for other people. And I think that's the bigger takeaway than what, than the drama you see on TV. And I agree with you. That should be a message because it, it's not what, as an, I've not ever competed in a pageant. I've never, you know, been inside it myself. I've just seen it as an outsider looking in and listening to my sister. It was always a very, very positive thing. And yes, it's competitive. It's supposed to be. That's it's a competition. So there's nothing wrong with that. But everyone in general is pretty supportive of each other, even if they have moments where they're like, oh man, why'd she win this one? But whatever. You know, so I, I do think it is a really good good way for women to to get learn about poise and, and public speaking and and getting a lot of self-confidence building from it. So, all right, well, this has been amazing. I told you I was super excited to talk to you because I knew this would be an exciting podcast. So sure, yeah. I have a few questions I ask everyone, the fun five end of the podcast questions. So before we okay. wrap up, who is the woman that you most admire? Oh, yes, um, definitely the woman that I most admire would be um, Heather Whitestone McCallum. Uh, she's a former Miss Alabama 1994, Miss America 1995, and she is the first Miss America um, with a physical disability. Um, and the reason that I admire Heather is because um, I grew up reading a lot of her autobiographies, and I think her mother wrote one or two books about her story. Um, 
she is just so inspiring because uh, like me, she went through several obstacles, um, but she had a dream and she didn't stop working until she achieved that dream. And actually attending Miss America, she was not necessarily considered like a front runner. You know, she wasn't like the predicted winner, um, but she still, she went out and performed to the best of her ability and she was able to be crowned Miss America 1995. And now she is um, an amazing motivational speaker um, she's a very kind-hearted person. Um, she's very open about um, her faith in God, which is uh, something uh, that I share um, as well. And so definitely, I would say uh, Miss America 1995, Heather. Awesome. Awesome answer. Mm-hmm. All right. And what is your favorite self-help book or just book in general? It doesn't actually have to be self-help. <laughs> sure. Um, one of my most favorite uh, self-help books would probably be, it's entitled The Proximity Principle, and it was written by Ken Coleman. And Kim, uh, Kim, Ken, he is a very famous, uh, nationally known um, broadcast host. He worked in radio for several years. He's also a career coach, and he works within um, the realm of, uh, he he's good friends with Dave Ramsey. And so he wrote a book um, entitled The Proximity Principle, and he gives all sorts of tips and different pieces of advice. Um, But he helps people, you know, figure out what their passion is. Um, He gives tips on, you know, how to uh, pursue the path in order um, to land that dream job that you've always wanted to work in, but didn't quite know how, you know, to get it all together in order to develop the plan um, to maybe apply for that job or to work towards that job, et cetera. Um, and so I've really enjoyed reading his book and it's given me um, a lot of insights on uh, what I can do to better um, enhance my business. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, love Dave Ramsey. He's one of my favorites. So glad to know that they're associated. Yes. So what is your favorite hobby? My favorite hobby um, would probably be reading. I am a bookworm and I have a list on Goodreads. So um, if you want to stalk, you know, what. <laughs> or as the kids say, creep in my page. Um, I love to read and my favorite genre is um, historical fiction. And I love to actually read stories from World War II um, to read these different accounts of people who have had to um, overcome several obstacles um, is something that is really inspiring to me, but it's also very humble because whenever I think, you know, I'm having a bad day um, or, you know, I, I may be having a moment where I'm feeling ungrateful. You know, I can always open up that World War II story and think, you know what, my life isn't as bad. You know, this person went through this or this person um, went through such a, a tragic circumstance. But, you know, if they're able to press forward um, and to move forward and to stay, stay positive after going through whatever uh, they went through, then, you know, it, it, it gives me um, encouragement and hope for the future. Yeah, the very first, um, and again, I'm going to date myself again here, but the very first um, book on CD <laughs> that I do back then. I remember books on CDs. Yeah, I would listen to it on my way to work. And the very first one that got me hooked, and I've been hooked ever since, and I'm an audible freak, and I, I love reading as well, um, so was The Greatest Generation by Tom Brokaw. And yeah, oh, so good. And it, and it is a reminder of, you know, when I'm sitting in traffic or – the, you know, line at the checkout counter is annoyingly long, whatever, the, whatever's annoying me that's so minor compared to the rest of the world. If you listen to something about World War II or any of those points in history mm-hmm. where there's a guy who's in a trench, he's getting shot at, his best friend's just been blown up next to him and he's lost his leg. And, and I'm worried about that I've got a five minute checkout line. It's a really, I yes. it's a really good perspective mm-hmm. of, hey, it could be a lot worse out there. So smile and keep moving on, you know? So 
Cool. Love reading. And what is the last thing you did for fun? The last thing I did for fun. Um, I actually took a trip a few weeks ago um, back in November and went to my first um, professional hockey game. Um, I live in Tennessee. And so our professional hockey team um, is entitled the Predators. And so I was actually able to go to Bridgestone Arena and watch the Predators play. And that was an amazing experience. I'll definitely be going back. Fun. Hockey's really fun. Um, and it's funny because whenever I ask these five questions, that question, the last thing you did for fun, because I always inter- interview entrepreneurs, that's always my longest pause of what did I do? <laughs> but, but it's funny because most of us, we love our work. So we do so much work that it's yeah. Hey, what, did I do something outside? Of, and we don't want to answer work because it sounds funny, but yeah. And so it's funny to pause there because, because you're working, you're building your business. And so it's hard to find those things to go and do something outside of it. But when you do, and you go to a hockey game, it's so fun, you know? So, or whatever the thing is that you do, but hockey games are definitely fun. What is one bucket list item that is still left on your bucket list that you are dying to actually check off? Sure, absolutely. Um, Krista, my number one um, wish that's on my bucket list right now is to write and publish a book, which you know all about, but that would be my number one goal. I have wanted to write a book for years. And so I've, 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 I just need to sit down and do it. I've just got to do yeah, it. Yeah. And that, and I talked about it for, I mean, for years and I was always like, Oh, I'm going to write a book one day. And then one day, honestly, I haven't told a lot of people this, but someone really upset me and basically told me that I couldn't do something. And that I I wasn't able to be part of this group of people or whatever. And I went home and I was like, yeah, you know what? I can do anything that I want to do. And it was unrelated to the book, yes. but I started writing that night and I found the times late at night and because it wasn't part of my mm-hmm. daily, what I do for work, you know, but doing it, like I said, I, I went into it with the idea of, I just want to get this down on paper. I want to tell my story. And if I just tell my story to my mom, then you know, she might learn some things she didn't want to know about me, but she'll know my whole story. Mm -hmm. So it was, and it, when it arrived, when I got the first copy of it, I mean, you know, I bawled my eyes out. Like it, it was like, wow. And, um, it's, it's fun. I highly recommend it. I would go into, it's a tough industry, just like everything else, Mm -hmm. market your book to put it out there and to get people to actually buy it. That aren't just your circle of friends. It is, it's a tough world, but it's definitely worth it. So I highly Highly recommend it. So awesome. Well, until you write your book, people can follow you on social media sites and your website. So before we sign off, tell them where they can find you, where they can learn more about you. If they're looking for a pageant coach or help with anything with pageantry, just how can they find you? Sure. Uh, You can email me at lhatter underscore pageants at yahoo.com. You can contact me on my website at stashpageantconsulting.weebly.com. And then you can also find me um, on Facebook at the Facebook handle Sash Pageant Consulting, Instagram handle at Leah Hatter, Twitter handle at Leah Hatter. And then if you're um, interested in listening to the podcast or connecting um, with the podcast, you can look it up at Instagram.com slash Sash Says Podcast. Well, awesome. Well, Leah, you have been amazing. What you're doing is awesome. Keep up the good work. Thank you. It truly does build self-confidence in women. And I I think it's what you're doing. So thank you for taking the time to be on the show. And let's definitely stay in touch. I followed you right before we started chatting because I didn't realize I hadn't before that. So (laughs) I am. So um, and I look forward to seeing all your adventures and seeing what you accomplish and one day reading your book. So 
Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, me as well. And happy new year. I hope 2020 is amazing for you. Yes, happy new year. All right. Bye. Talk to you later. <laughs> Goodbye. So I hope that gave you all a new perspective on pageantry, or as I called it, pageanting, um, some insight as to what it takes to follow your passion and all the things she had to learn, as well as just educated you about the pageant world. I thought Leah was great. I think she's doing amazing work. I think it's awesome. And I think it's wonderful for the young ladies she's working with. And it also helped me to quelch some preconceived notions that I had about, about the world of pageantry. So Hope you all have a great rest of your week or weekend or wherever you are when you're listening to this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. If you get a chance, give a sister a review. That sister happens to be me. And the review is on this podcast, The Boss Lady Investor. Hit subscribe as if we have enough subscribers, then we get the word out more and more and more. Same with reviews. And if you don't want to do any of those things, that's fine. I still love you. still think you're great and hope to podcast with you again soon. So until the next time, just keep reaching for the stars, keep shooting for your dreams. And I'm pretty sure I just said that backwards. So let's try that again. Keep reaching for the stars. Keep, nope, still wrong. Keep shooting for the stars, reaching for your dreams. I don't know. You get what I'm saying. Just always remember that no matter what you're worried about, no matter what obstacles are ahead of you, no matter what challenges you might have to face, Just take a deep breath because boss ladies, you got this.